Chapter Nineteen of the Conquest of Canaan by Booth Tarkington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen, Eskew Arp. As the judge continued his walk down Main Street, he wished profoundly that the butterfly, which exhibited no annoyance, had been of greater bulk and more approachable and it was the evil fortune of joe's mongrel to encounter him in the sinister humor of such a wish unfulfilled respectability dwelt at beaver beach under the care of mr sheehan until his master should return and sheehan was kind but the small dog found the world lonely and time long without joe he had grown more and more restless and at last this hot morning having managed to evade the eye of all concerned in his keeping made off unobtrusively partly by swimming and reaching the road cantered into town his ears erect with anxiety bent upon reaching the familiar office he passed the grocery from the doorway of which the pimply-cheeked clerk had thrown a bad potato at him a month before the same clerk had just laid down the tocsin as respectability went by and inspired to great deeds in behalf of justice and his native city he rushed to the door lavishly seized this time a perfectly good potato and hurled it with a result which ecstasized him for it took the mongrel fairly aside the head which it matched in size the luckless respectability's purpose to reach joe's stairway had been entirely definite but upon this violence he forgot it momentarily it is not easy to keep things in mind when one is violently smitten on mouth nose cheek eye and ear by a missile large enough to strike them simultaneously yelping and half blinded he deflected to cross main street judge pike had elected to cross in the opposite direction and the two met in the middle of the street the encounter was miraculously fitted to the judge's need here was no butterfly but a solid body light withal a wet muddy and dusty yellow dog eminently kickable the man was heavily built about the legs and the vigor of what he did may have been additionally inspired by his recognition of the mongrel as joe loudon's the impact of his toe upon the little runner's side was momentous and the latter rose into the air the judge hopped as one hops who unshod in the night discovers an unexpected chair let us be reconciled to his pain and not reproach the gods with it for two of his unintending adversary's ribs were cracked the dog thus again deflected retraced his tracks shrieking distractedly and by one of those ironical twists which karma reserves for the tales of the fated dived for blind safety into the store commanded by the ecstatic and inimical clerk there were shouts the sleepy square beginning to wake up the boy who had mocked the planing mill got to his feet calling upon his fellows the beach loafers strolled to the street the aged men stirred and rose from their chairs faces appeared in the open windows of offices sales ladies and gentlemen came to the doorways of the trading places so that when respectability emerged from the grocery he had a notable audience for the scene he enacted with a brass dinner-bell tied to his tail 
another potato flung by the pimpled uproarious prodigal clerk added to the impetus of his flight a shower of pebbles from the hands of exhilarated boys dented the soft asphalt about him the hideous clamor of the pursuing bell increased as he turned the next corner running distractedly the dead town had come to life and its inhabitants gladly risked the dangerous heat in the interests of sport whereby it was a merry chase the little dog led around the block for thus some destructive instinct drove him he could not stop with the unappeasable terror clanging at his heels and the increasing crowd yelling in pursuit but he turned to the left at each corner and thus came back to pass joe's stairway again unable to pause there or anywhere unable to do anything except to continue his hapless flight poor meteor round the block he went once more and still no chance at that empty stairway where perhaps he thought there might be succor and safety blood was upon his side where martin pike's boot had crashed foam and blood hung upon his jaws and lolling tongue he ran desperately keeping to the middle of the street and not howling set himself despairingly to outstrip the terror the mob disdaining the sun superbly pursued as closely as it could throwing bricks and rocks at him striking at him with clubs and sticks happy fear playing the tic-tac-toe right hand against left in his cell heard the uproar made out something of what was happening and though unaware that it was a friend whose life was salt discovered a similarity to his own case and prayed to his dim gods that the quarry might get away mad dog they yelled mad dog and there were some who cried joe loudon's dog that being equally as exciting and explanatory three times round and still the little fugitive maintained a lead a gray helmeted policeman a big fellow had joined the pursuit he had children at home who might be playing in the street and the thought of what might happen to them if the mad dog should head that way resolved him to be cool and steady he was falling behind so he stopped on the corner trusting that respectability would come round again he was right and the flying brownish things streaked along main street passing the beloved stairway for the fourth time the policeman lifted his revolver fired twice missed once but caught him with a second shot and a forepaw clipping off a fifth toe one of the small claws that grow above the foot and are always in trouble this did not stop him but the policeman afraid to risk another shot because of the crowd waited for him to come again and many others seeing the hopeless circuit the mongrel followed did likewise armed with bricks and clubs among them was the pimply clerk who had been inspired to commandeer a pitchfork from a hardware store when the fifth round came respectability's race was run he turned into main street at a broken speed limping parched voiceless flecked with blood and foam snapping feebly at the showering rocks but still indomitably a little ahead of the hunt there was no yelp left in him he was too thoroughly winded for that but in his brilliant and despairing eyes shone the agony of a cry louder than the tongue of a dog could utter oh master oh all the god i know 
where are you in my mortal need now indeed he had a gauntlet to run for the street was lined with those who awaited him while the pursuit grew closer behind a number of the hardiest stood squarely in his path and he hesitated for a second which gave the opportunity for a surer aim and many missiles struck him let him have it now officer said eugene bantry standing with judge pike at the policeman's elbow here's your chance but before the revolver could be discharged respectability had begun to run again hobbling on three legs and dodging feebly a heavy stone struck him on the shoulder and he turned across the street making for the national house corner where the joyful clerk brandished his pitchfork going slowly he almost touched the pimply one as he passed and the clerk already rehearsing in his mind the honors which should follow the brave stroke raised the tines above the little dog's head for the coup de grace they did not descend and the daring youth failed of fame as the laurel almost embraced his brows a hickory walking-stick was thrust between his legs and he expecting to strike received a blow upon the temple sufficient for his present undoing and bedazzlement he went over backwards and the pitchfork not the thing to hold poised on high when one is knocked down fell with the force he had intended for respectability upon his own shin a train had pulled into the station and a tired travel-worn young man descending from a sleeper walked rapidly up the street to learn the occasion at what appeared to be a riot when he was close enough to understand its nature he dropped his bag and came on at top speed shouting loudly to the battered mongrel who tried with his remaining strength to leap toward him through a cordon of kicking legs while eugene bantry again called to the policeman to fire if he does damn you i'll kill him joe saw the revolver raised and then eugene being in his way he ran full tilt into the step-brother with all his force sending him to the earth and went on literally over him as he lay prone upon the asphalt that being the shortest way to respectability the next instant the mongrel was in his master's arms and weakly licking his hands but it was eskew arp who had saved the little dog for it was his stick which had tripped the clerk and his hand which had struck him down all his bodily strength had departed in that effort but he staggered out into the street toward joe joe louden called the veteran in a loud voice joe louden and suddenly reeled the colonel and squire buckaloo were making their way toward him but joe holding the dog to his breast with one arm threw the other about eskew it's a town it's a town the old fellow flung himself free from the supporting arm it's a town you couldn't even trust a yellow dog to he sank back upon joe's shoulder speechless an open carriage had driven through the crowd the colored driver urged by two ladies upon the back seat and martin pike saw it stopped by the group in the middle of the street where joe stood the wounded dog held to his breast by one arm the old man white and half fainting supported by the other martin pike saw this and more he saw ariel tabor and his own daughter leaning from the carriage the arms of both pityingly extended to joe louden and his two burdens 
while the stunned and silly crowd stood round them staring clouds of dust settling down upon them through the hot air end of chapter nineteen